Hi, my name's Sam Webster and I am going to attempt to describe the anatomy of the large intestine within about five minutes. We'll talk about kind of functions, parts, bit of histology and blood supply is really important here. Right, okay. Five minutes timer has started. Um... Okay, the large intestine. So it's a continuation of the gastrointestinal tract after the small intestine. And it's called the large intestine because its its lumen is larger. It's a it's a like a broader tube. Its main function is the absorption of water and electrolytes. So if the small intestine is absorbing nutrients, uh, the large intestine is then taking the water out and chloride sodium potassium that sort of thing to compact the waste contents inside and form the feces there are lots of bacteria living in here as well and the symbiotic roles of which with us i think we're probably still working to understand but that's a huge topic um the parts of the large intestine are the cecum is this blind ending sac that the ileum the large part of the small intestine passes its contents into from the cecum we have the vermiform appendix hanging from that um, and then the cecum continues um, superiorly as the ascending colon it takes a right angle turn at the hepatic or right colic flexure to become the transverse colon that runs transversely and then changes direction again at the splenic flexure or the left colic flexure to descend as the descending colon which then has a wiggly bit the sigmoid colon to take it posteriorly to form the last straight part the rectum and then the anal canal it's about a meter and a half long and like in an ideal world it forms a frame around the small intestine so if the small intestine is in the center the large intestine goes up the right hand side of the body across the top and then down the left hand side of the of the abdomen the ascending and descending colon are fixed in place uh, and the transverse colon has a mesentery so it can move around so actually the transverse colon does tend to sag down um, into the middle of the abdomen it is a tube with an epithelial lining it doesn't have villi so the small intestine has villi finger-like projections maximizing surface area the large intestine doesn't have that but it does have a number of crypts like tubes in the floor of the the lining um, because we have a lot of mucus secreting cells here which is important to keep everything moving along as more water gets absorbed it has the usual supportive lamina propria and submucosa layers but the muscle layers there's an inner circular smooth muscle layer and an outer longitudinal three bands of smooth muscle and these are important because those longitudinal bands are called the tinei coli these are more powerful probably than the muscles of the small intestine if you have a long tube and you shorten it by cinching it cinching it up with these longitudinal muscles then the tube becomes like sacculated it gets baggy sacs and those sacs those shapes are called the haustra and we might see fatty bits hanging from the large intestine which are also peculiar to it these are the mental appendices or the epiploic appendices one of my favorite terms in anatomy the other thing worth mentioning is the ileocecal valve so there's a valve between the small intestine and the large intestine at the cecum which controls the flow of contents one way from the small intestine to the large intestine all right blood supply here's a big one 
the midgut becomes the hindgut partway along the transverse colon. What that means is the superior mesenteric artery supplies blood to the ascending colon and two-thirds, say, of the transverse colon, and the inferior mesenteric artery supplies blood to the remainder of the transverse colon, the descending colon, sigmoid colon, and the upper part of the rectum. Now, you might expect that because there's an overlap of these arteries at what gets called the watershed area at the left colic flexure over by the spleen, that the blood supply is extra good, right? But actually, it's a weakness. So if the blood supply um, to the large bowel is poor, it's this watershed area that is most likely to be affected. It's like each artery expects the other artery to do the job and neither of them kind of knuckle down and do it. So the blood supply can be a little bit weak there. Um, the internal iliac artery, the artery of the pelvis, is actually supplying blood to the last part of the rectum and the 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 um, anal canal for good embryological reasons. Um, and then all the blood passes back through superior and inferior mesenteric veins to the hepatic portal vein to the liver. The liver can do its job and then that blood goes to the inferior vena cava. The lower part of the rectum and the anal canal, that blood goes back through the internal iliac vein. All right, there's my five minutes. That's not too bad. Innovation-wise, all we have to say is that the enteric nervous system is innovating the large gut just like it is the small gut so the gastrointestinal tract kind of has the, has this self-regulating nervous system it's also regulated by hormones and whatnot and the autonomic nervous system can have effects on this and that's uh, from the central nervous system so vagus nerve and what have you but that's it that's the anatomy of the large intestine in five minutes the most important bits i think <laughs>